This episode of First Line is sponsored by TrueLearn, an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. I am so excited to partner with TrueLearn because it is the only company I trusted for Comlex Level 1 prep last year and Level 2 prep this year. For my listeners who are taking the USMLE, TrueLearn also has an amazing USMLE smart bank. Each TrueLearn smart bank practice question has detailed answer explanations and succinct bottom lines to get the big learning takeaway. TrueLearn includes first aid references for each question and an option to create tests based off of topics, so you can use TrueLearn to help prepare for your school's test during the year. Lastly, if you are in your third year like me, TrueLearn also offers smart banks for shelf exams. Go to TrueLearn.com and use one of my special discount codes for up to $35 off your new subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. TrueLearn is the first line solution to excelling on your your exam. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson and this is First Line. I'm here to bridge the gap between sophisticated doctor talk and oversimplified patient education to bring listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness. Through an osteopathic lens, First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, hot topics in healthcare, the journey to becoming a physician, mental health, relationships, and even philosophy, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Thanks for joining me for another episode. First Line is now available on a variety of platforms, including Spotify and Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon and Audible, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castro, Player FM, Podbean, TuneIn, Reason, and iHeartRadio. Please subscribe and follow wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're wondering why this podcast is called First Line, First Line is often a term used to describe the first treatment you would go with, the best treatment for your, for your illness. Family medicine docs are usually first line. A lot of insurances allow you to visit a specialist directly, but a lot of insurances do require you to see a family physician. And even if you have insurance that allows you to see specialists directly, I would still highly recommend you see your family physician doc first because they know you they know your history, and they know how to treat you more holistically, even if they're not a DO, because they're trained in every body system. I really do hope that other physicians and students listening know how much weight is on that. A family physician can tell you if they can treat you in the clinic, if you need medication, if you just need some rest, or if you need to be sent to the hospital. Family physicians, unfortunately, get a bad rep. Family medicine is one of the least competitive residency programs to be accepted to. And that's only because we need way more family physicians out working because a specialist can be the specialist for a whole town whereas you would need multiple family physicians to see all of the people that you need to. 
think of how many people need specialized neurologic surgery in a small town. Probably not that many, but how many people need to see a family physician? All of them. I would argue we need the smartest students to enter into family practice. Family physicians do not do the same thing every day. Of course, there is some things that are more common than others. Upper respiratory tract infections in the winter are extremely common. However, you could get a patient coming in with a very rare disease and you're the first one they're seeing and you could diagnose them or you could miss it. Family physicians have to rapidly adapt to new situations and always be on heightened alert. Family physicians also have to know everybody's system, how they relate to each other. There's just a lot there. So this episode, I'm talking about my family medicine rotation, and this is kind of a sequel to the other episodes I've done about other rotations that I've been on. I did one episode on my psychiatry rotation, which was my first rotation of my third year of medical school. I have one from my underserved rotation, which was at a family medicine clinic, but was particularly geared towards the social determinants of health. But this time around is a little bit different. We're a little bit more in an urban area. We have a little bit more diversity of our patient population. We have a lot of OB patients, which means obstetrics. So pregnant patients and then they also since they're family medicine they take care of the baby as well and that's really the cool thing about family medicine is this continuity of care you take care of the whole family you take care of the husband and the wife the children even grandparents and grandchildren aunts uncles cousins you take care of a lot of them and there's just something special about having the same doctor as other people in your family. So I think it's really cool that even residents at the program that I'm at have that going on. So I'm first gonna play the recording that I took on my very first day and then I'm going to talk about how how I feel now. I'm currently in my last week of the family medicine rotation. So I just finished my first day of my new rotation in family medicine. This is my third rotation that I had during my third year of medical school on clinical rotations, also known as clerkships. Leaving the clinic today, I knew that I was going to sit down and record and express the thoughts that I had after my first day. Usually in the last two times when I start a new rotation, I kind of think as I go through the day and I have some time to reflect and then when I come home, even before I sit down to record, I kind of organize my thoughts at least a little bit of what I want to talk about. But today was a little bit different. I really am having stream of consciousness right now. I really didn't prepare anything at all. And I just wanted to kind of share how I'm feeling and how today really went. And then, as always, compare it to the recording I do at the end of the rotation as kind of like what I learned during the month. So, I definitely think that today 
and this was my first day. Yesterday I went in, but it was my orientation. I was there for like 45 minutes and got to meet some people and got to learn how to join Microsoft Teams for the hospital. But otherwise, today was my first day. I think it was a smoother transition than my first two rotations, which I think as I go on, I will probably notice this just as I'm more comfortable having a new first day. Even though it's in a different place, I'm used to having first days and I'm used to being shuffled around and I'm used to having to meet all new people and adjust to different preceptors and what their expectations are. I'm getting used to being in situations that I'm not used to. This rotation is really interesting because in my first two rotations, I was with one person the whole time. And then when they were out, I would have another preceptor I would be paired with, but that would only be for one week out of the rotation. This time, I have a schedule set up for the 20 days, the 20 work days that I'm assigned to this rotation. I have my schedule fully planned out with the name of the preceptor that I'm with every half day. So I am with a different person every half day. So I'm with one person in the morning, one person in the afternoon. The next day in the morning, I'm with someone completely different. In the afternoon, I'm with a fourth person, someone completely different. And yes, there are some people that have to double up because there's not 40 people that I have available to me to teach me. So there is some overlap, but a lot of people I only see once and then if I see someone multiple times, it's probably only twice. There's a lot of people that I'm going to be working with, whether they are preceptors, they're attendings, and they've completed residency and they're practicing solo doctors, or if I'm working with the residents. Because I'm at a clinic that is a teaching clinic that has a family medicine residency program, which is three years long. So I get to work with residents that are in their first, second, or third year. Most of them are in their third year, the ones that I've been paired with. Today, on my first day, I started in the morning with a preceptor that also is faculty at my medical school. In the afternoon, I was placed with a third year resident, which from my past two rotations, I haven't had the privilege to work with a resident. And they definitely have a different perspective at least from what I've seen, they kind of understand the experience of the student a little bit better because they've been there very recently and they aren't as unattached to it as some of the older attendings might be. But it's still a similar dynamic with I can go see a patient by myself and then I go and talk to the person I'm working with and then we go in together to talk to the patient. But this time it's a little bit different when I'm with a resident because after that time where we talk to the patient together, then we have to, both of us, go and talk to a preceptor, a doctor that has already completed residency to make sure that the resident is doing a good job and taking care of the patient appropriately. Kind of just an added layer of protection because the resident is still learning. So then that preceptor, all three of us go back into the patient's room. So now it's very crowded, especially if the patient has family members with him or her. 
I'm kind of learning from two different people. And it gives me twice the opportunity to practice giving patient presentations. So after I see a patient the first time, I go to the resident and I present the patient to the resident. I basically summarize everything that they told me. And then I also include what I saw in physical exam. Then I include what I think the diagnosis is or what they have going on, whether it's a complication of a disease, whether they're managing their chronic condition properly, whether they are not managing their chronic condition properly. And then I have to make a plan about what to do next, whether they need labs, whether they need their medications changed, whether they need to be referred, whether they need OMM, things like that. So I have to present that in a professional way to a resident. And then when the resident and I go to talk to the attending, we present together and usually the resident will give me the opportunity to present and then he or she will add to it. And so it gives me double the experience of presenting and it's more in a formal way than I had the opportunity to present patients last month. So I'm definitely building upon my experiences. As far as the clinic, it is very similar to where I was last month for my underserved rotation. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend it. I talk a lot about primary care and family medicine in that one as well. With talking to the residents, I think that's an incredible opportunity because I get to ask them a lot of questions about how how they chose family medicine, why they chose family medicine, whether they're glad that they made that decision, whether they're happy, whether they even recommend this specific program, even though I am definitely looking at residencies all over the place, a lot of them back home where I'm from, as well as places in the area as well. But on the whole, I'm keeping an open mind, which I think is really important for anyone. If you're in training of any kind, if you are in medical school, it's especially important. But if you're in any school, it definitely is important to pursue the interests you have in school so that you learn more about it and then when you do pursue opportunities beyond school, whether that's residency or an internship or your first job, it's important to have that background and to have shown your interest, but it is never too late to change your mind. It's not super important for you to know exactly what you wanna do right from the start. That's just something that I, I'm reiterating from um, other episodes I've had. But in general, I'm enjoying this rotation. I think it's very fast-paced. We have a lot of doctors and residents and nurses. It's a bigger facility than the one I was in last month that had about three or four doctors. This one has many, many more. There's also a lot of doctors that only are there one or two days out of the week. Some of them are there for half days because a lot of the doctors, the preceptors, the attendings teach. A lot of the residents also have time in inpatient in the hospital. 
So there's a lot of moving parts and I'm still adjusting to it. I mean, I only finished my first day, but I do feel like I'm already improving. I'm going to be I'm going to be really open right now. My only criticism from my last rotation was just in general that I was doing a really good job, but the room for improvement that I had, which I fully agree with, it was the same idea that I did on all my reflections was that I struggle to think of what the diagnosis is. And more specifically, thinking of a list of diagnoses and remembering what something could possibly be. Like, take something, like, someone came in with shortness of breath, I would have to basically list everything that could possibly be. I had a patient today that was showing signs of hypothyroidism, low thyroid levels, and she was textbook definition but I was asked, what else could this be? And I really had to think long and hard about it because I tend to get stuck on, oh, well, it's most likely this, and I'm not gonna worry about what else it could be until I get negative test results from this, but that's not the way that doctors' minds are supposed to work. It's just a learning curve for me that I have to get over, that I have to think about the worst case scenarios too. I have to think about the less likely causes of things and then I'll never miss anything. It's not really my fault and I'm not using that as a way to take back my criticism of myself, but a lot of the medical school education, we have test questions, we have board exams, we have board prep materials that kind of teach us that there's one right answer to things and we're often given case vignettes that is just a paragraph saying that a patient has this and a patient has this and there's one right answer there's four or five choices and there's one right answer and it never asks us to really list out differential diagnoses things that it could possibly be it's just not how we're taught. I think all of that experience in itself has prepared me to this point where I can kind of think about, you know, the five choices that I could be given on a test, the distractors, and then what the real thing could be. It's almost like there's a paragraph about patient, but they maybe took off one sentence out of the four or five sentences. And then they're asking you, okay, what would the answer choices be? And then what is that missing information that you need to get in order to get to the right answer? And I think that's the easiest way to kind of think about clinical reasoning and what that really means. So I think I'm getting better at this. I knew going into today, and I know it's just one day, but I knew going into today that it was going to be something that I really wanted to work on. I was told to do some pre-rotation reflection that I had to hand in. And the one thing I said, they asked me, what are you not good at and how can you be better at it? And I basically said I have to get better at the diagnoses. And to do that, I'm going to try to think of what a diagnosis might be before I even go in there. And then I'm not gonna walk out until I have at least one diagnosis in my head. 
Afterwards, I will do some research to try to expand my list or cut down my list based off of the history taking that I got from the patient based off of the physical exam that I had. And so far, I think I've been doing better. I'm not 100% there, but I have gotten really good feedback today. For my first day, I'm going to take that and roll with it and expect myself to continue getting better and better. And I think I will. I haven't really had any regression since I started. I've only gotten more and more comfortable and more and more confident. I'm really excited because if I think back to even a month ago when I first started my underserved rotation or back when I was in psychiatry trying to talk to patients, I was in a much more different space. I was very uncomfortable, very unsure about myself, very uncertain if I even chose the right path, like if I'm capable of being the leader of a healthcare team having that level of confidence, having that level of expertise and responsibility, and it's a lot. I just know that I'm not there yet, but I'm eventually going to get there, and I just have to trust the process of how many people went before me and came out, were able to be successful, and really able to take great care of people. Uh, Just seeing the residents and seeing attendings, I like to remind myself that they were once in my place and they were once probably feeling very similarly to me right now. So that gives me something to look forward to. It definitely humbles me too to know that I don't know everything yet and I'm not supposed to and that it's a day wasted if I don't learn something. So I've been asking a lot of questions to preceptors, to residents. I am fully immersed in trying to learn everything that I can while at the same time making sure that I'm taking time to talk to the patients I've been assigned and really trying to understand them, providing any sort of education that I possibly can. One of my strengths, I think, is just naturally I'm very much patient and willing to listen to patients. While I gain confidence and gain expertise that I can also listen and hear what people have to say and express empathy and have empathy in everything that I do. So now that I am in my last week, I can kind of reflect on it. So it was interesting being with a different person each day. There, there was a few repeats, but it's interesting just to see different kind of approaches to family medicine, and each resident has their own interests. They have to learn everything because they are residents, and that is what is required for residency programs to see everything, but I can definitely tell that some of them have different interests over others and there's kind of this misconception about family medicine with thinking that you have to really like everything and I don't necessarily think that's true even though a lot of people that go into family medicine do feel that way. Quite a few residents they it's more like they identify with kind of the idea of being someone's home base and being the doctor that coordinates care, that 
really connects their different issues and the different specialists they see and kind of bridges everything together and make sure that they're taking all the medications they're prescribed that they are going to their appointments to follow up after an emergency room visit or after surgery and I think there's just something very special about just being their their home base and the person that they can go to with any questions that they have about anything going on in their healthcare, and if it's a multidisciplinary problem, which I'm of the opinion that most problems are a little bit interdisciplinary. I talked about this. I think this idea of subspecialty care is going away a little bit. There, There's a lot more dual certification residencies, and there's more interest in things like functional medicine and holistic medicine that we're learning that things are much more intertwined than we've previously realized. And so having all these subspecialties does make make it good that we have these experts in their fields. But as far as really taking good care of patients, it does help to get your training across different areas because it gives you more of a whole person approach which you're not just treating the heart and you're not ever just treating skin and you're not ever just treating the brain you're treating a whole person and I think that's that's really what what I have really solidified with this rotation it it's neat to learn that from experience now, I have seen that from from the outside and from the first two years of medical school in the curriculum that so many things seemed to be so interconnected. I mean, that's one of one of the tenets of osteopathic medicine. But I think even allopathic schools um, are realizing this and changing their training as well. It's just interesting to see that confirmed from from experience now. So during this rotation, I've continued to see patients on my own and then I often have to present it to the preceptor. I think I have really developed better skills with making an assessment and a plan especially, but I do still have so much to learn. You can send me a voice message using the Anchor app If you want to send me a comment, ask a question, or share any topic ideas that you want for an upcoming episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it if you take some time, just a minute of your time, to write a review. Hopefully it's five stars, but I really like honest reviews. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. so much for listening again i'm on instagram at firstline podcast also on facebook facebook.com slash firstline podcast you can reach out for any questions comments suggestions feedback i'd love to hear from you thanks again